Good morning, my fellow Michiganders. Good morning, my fellow Americans. Welcome to the Grassroots Army Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, former Michigan gubernatorial candidate Garrett Soldano, and I am just not only honored but excited as heck to have Dr. Bowden on, who has just been on fire over on X with what she's doing. And so I'm gonna we're gonna be talking a lot about a lot of different things today about what she's pushing. She is leading the charge with trying to get this shot off the market. And she's gaining steam, everything that we're saying. I mean, as of yesterday, I think you posted that you have 122 elected officials, 120 candidates, and one Surgeon General from 39 states publicly stating that the shots must be pulled off the market. Is that correct, Dr. Bowden? Yes, yes. And it happened in a matter of months, and it just keeps growing. I have at least three more people to add to the list today, and hopefully after this broadcast, a few more. Yeah, and that's that's the whole intent with why we're doing this. You know, I've been standing up for medical freedom for many, many years, and we just appreciate the heck out of you. And just before we begin, folks, this is a call to action to everybody that's writing right now. In the description of this video that you can see, you're going to see a website that you can send and you can email to your candidates, to your elected officials, and it's Americas for Americans, excuse me, for healthfreedom.org back. back slash sign the pledge. The link's in the description. Send that to your elected officials. Send that to the folks who are running. Follow Dr. Mary Bowden on X. I mean, she is nonstop going after everything, holding people accountable, even Houston Methodists. I mean, it's it's all over. So we appreciate what you're doing. But I want to go back to way in the beginning. That's kind of like what I do with all my healthcare professionals to kind of see the evolution of where your your headspace was, especially all the way back in the beginning of the pandemic in early 2020. When did you just start to know and realize like something was up? Well, yeah, I so I'm a solo EMT. I have a very I had a very quiet practice. I started having the COVID patients come in a little bit here and there. I used common sense, breathing treatments, steroids, antibiotics. And then I started using monoclonal antibodies and those worked really well. And then the government started taking over distribution. And that was my first hint. Like, why can't we no longer get these monoclonal antibodies? And then uh, once the monoclonal antibodies completely disappeared, I started looking to alternatives, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. And then that was my second clue that something was going on when I kept getting roadblocks to getting these medications to people. So pharmacies refusing to dispense the prescriptions I wrote. And then I you know, live in Houston. Houston Methodist is the first hospital in the country to mandate the COVID shots. And I started having all these patients coming to me very distraught over these mandates. And then I started seeing all the breakthrough cases where patients were just as sick, if not sicker, who were fully vaccinated. And I, I actually went to Methodist. I said, what's going on? You know, this, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Like, what, I thought the shots were supposed to protect people. And then they just basically stonewalled me. And so I started speaking out on Twitter. And at, at the time, I was pretty cautious. I said things like, ivermectin works and vaccine mandates are wrong. But there was one day where I tweeted out 25 times the exact same message. And I said, vaccine mandates are wrong. And then I posted a patient testimonial under the caption, under that statement. Five days later, Methodist went after me in a very public fashion. I looked down at my cell phone and I saw a text message from a reporter at the Houston Chronicle 
asking me to confirm, had my is it true that my privileges had been suspended? And I, I was blindsided. I did a double take. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I go to my email and I see the letter from Houston Methodist saying they suspended my privileges. And then I go on Twitter and they're tweeting about it. So it was, that just sort of changed things from that point on dramatically. And, and that's what they do, right? If you stand up against big pharma and their agenda, they're going to try to squash you. Just like we talked about um, before we went live today, you know, the same thing happened with me is when I was standing up against the lockdowns, you know, they were going after my license saying I was advocating the spread of disease and I was endangering the public with standing up against the quarantine. And, you know, it's just everything that we've been standing up for over the past four years has been proven, in fact, to be right, that there are other ways to treat this. Um, they were under treating it in the beginning and the mandates and everything else that they were doing is not only unconstitutional, but obviously did have no, no good positive result of stopping and slowing the spread of this thing because it's basically um, a cold. Good luck trying to stop the cold. So I want to move into, you know, after that, obviously, because go actually, let me re, go back to, you know, 2021, I think, is when the emergency warp speed happened, right? that there was no long-term safety and efficacy studies on this thing, and they were just going to basically get everybody to get this procedure done on them. And so I want to go back to 1976, and a lot of people aren't familiar with this, but the swine flu epidemic. And I want to talk about some of the things that happened with it, because at the time, it's kind of same scenario. The U.S. president at the time, President Carter, I think it was, um, did a warp speed effort, and this is from an article from back then, to vaccinate every man, woman, and child in the country. And that year, the, the, the fear that was pushed down everyone's throat was the swine flu was starting to loom large. And they started to push this thing through to the American population based on, and this is from the article, ill-founded science and political imprudence. And three people died. And guess what they did? When three people died, they did what? They pulled, oh, they pulled it off the market, of course. Pulled it off the market. Because at the time, you could actually sue pharmaceutical companies for side effects and deaths. Um, not until 1986 when the Child Vaccine Injury Act went into effect that you could not sue Big Pharma anymore. But three people died and they pulled it off the shelves. What amount of people need to be injured for them to even consider pulling this thing. I mean, what is it now? According I don't, to VARES, I don't even know. It's astronomical. On VARES, there are, I think, 33,000 reported, and now they've stopped accepting reports, so it's maybe higher than that. Um, I I looked at the, la the patient population from the last two years. 7% of my new patient appointments were for people with chronic debilitating health conditions following these shots. These were people who were healthy before they had, you know, it was very time related, their injury and all the same pattern of symptoms, never seen anything like it. And yet we speak out about it and we either get stonewalled or canceled. It, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, they, and they're still trying to do it to these days. And I, I tweeted the other day, um, you know, COVID is over. That's what the establishment wants to move on and pretend it didn't happen. Right. It's the one issue that you said that affected every voter, and it's important to keep the dialogue alive. You know, and I agree with that because a lot of people that kind of bought into this thing, they just want to forget about it. Like, they won't admit it. They don't want to talk about it. 
And I think it's very important to continue to bring it up so we don't make the same mistake twice. You know, that's a definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And this leaked all the way down to the local school boards with their unnecessary mandates of what they were doing to these kids and the mental health crisis that they put in these kids. And I agree with you, Dr. Bode. You, you know, we just can't quit talking about this. We need to look at all the data, like good doctors, and we have to make sure that we never make the same mistake again. And it seems like even both parties, I mean, the only candidate that I really see continually talking about it, a major candidate in the presidential race, is RFK, right? Right, right. And, you know, you forget th- these shots are on the pediatric vaccine schedule. So all children ages six months and up are expected to get these shots. It's just horrifying. I mean, we know we the, the government even admits there's a risk of myocarditis with these shots. And to be giving them to small children, small children cannot, nonverbal children will not tell you they have chest pain, right? So they could be getting silent myocarditis, causing a permanent scar on the heart and may not manifest for years down the road. They're running down the soccer field and drop dead. I mean, that's what we're potentially looking at. It's very frightening. Yeah, especially, you know, it goes against our Hippocratic oath to do no harm. And for these doctors to continue to push it and they incentivize it, I always say, why do you have to incentivize something that works? Exactly. They were giving out free meals and money and everything else to folks to try to get them to take this. And you're just kind of thinking and scratch your head, like, where'd all the common sense go? I mean, even when the CDC even changed the definition on their own website of what a vaccine truly is, I have the screenshots of the before and after. You know, I'm just like, how can people just not see what's going on? I worked in the pharmaceutical industry where I worked in a research facility where we tested many, many different medications um, and vaccines on animals. And, you know, those studies and the millions and millions of dollars put in those studies, I mean, it's years and years of data and research before it even gets to clinical trials. And then they, they look at all that data and there was none, none done on this procedure. Right. Well, they, you know, they just want to get that mRNA technology out there and it's too big to fail. They've invested so much time. And, I mean, not time, money and time ego. And yeah, we need more time. Um, yep. But uh, they've invested too much to admit that there it might have been a mistake or admit that it certainly is a mistake. And it's costing people's lives, quality of life and everything else. I, I, you mentioned the mRNA. Can you can you go into kind of like the science a little bit with how it is? You know, what what was their intent with this thing? And why is it like I, I read some research on it just a couple of days ago about how it's like creating um, you know, autoimmune disorders, you know, possibly. So can you kind of go into the science of why that's happening and how it was supposed to work? Well, it's not natural MRNA. It's modified MRNA. It has a modification on there that keeps it from, you know, breaking down in your body. It's delivered in a way that, you know, evades the normal body's response to degrade it. So it's it's purposely delivered in a way that it gets into your cells, it gets distributed throughout your entire body, and then it it creates this spike protein. So you're you're implanting a system in your body that is a spike fo- protein factory, and there's no off switch, right? So it was, you know, we were told that it would just stay in the arm. It would briefly create spike protein enough to create an immune response. And then that's all there is. But that's not what happened, right? It went throughout the entire body. 
And like I said, there's no off switch. Now, I think that a lot of these shots were probably inert because the storage requirements were so stringent. Like if I had wanted to distribute the the shots, I would have had to buy a very specialized, expensive piece of equipment, which most people weren't doing. And, you know, these people that went to the stadium and stood in line for an hour in their car and it was 90 degrees outside, I have a hard time believing that they actually got the true product that was intended. So I don't think everybody needs to panic. Uh, But, you know, we're messing around with DNA. Uh, It is definitely a gene therapy product, but it's being um, described and presented as something, you know, as a vaccine, which it's not. If it were truly, if they would admit that it was a gene therapy product, the the safety requirements would be much, much higher. So there's a reason that they're not doing that, even though it's perfectly obvious to anybody with you don't even you don't need to have an MD or PhD. Common sense. This is a gene therapy product. Wow, I, I didn't think of that angle. So if this would have been, you know, basically it's a therapeutic, right? So if they would have advertised it as such and people would have started having side effects, could they sue the pharmaceutical industry for those side effects? Uh, I don't know the legal aspect of that, but it, it seems to me that it might evade the vac- that the Vaccine Injury Act. Yeah, I think that's probably why they labeled it a vaccine, because they wouldn't have any liability with it. I mean, that that's some good marketing on their part. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, they needed to change the definition of a vaccine so that it would truly fit, right? Yeah, absolutely. So they wouldn't have any liability and they can just continue to print money for themselves. You know, what What made you start this petition and when did you start it? Well, I stumbled upon a post from Brad Paquette, who's a state legislator in Michigan, and he was describing his vaccine injury. He suffered myocarditis after the shot. He was actually hospitalized. He's young. He was otherwise healthy. And then I asked him, would you be willing to publicly state that the COVID shot should be pulled off the market? And he wholeheartedly responded, yes. And then that kind of gave me the courage to ask more people. And it just grew organically from there. It's just all from X, right? And it's just over the last three months, it's gone from one person to now 200. And I think we're up to 245 people. Wow. Uh, that's It gives me the chills of the power of the people. You know, we had a saying throughout our whole little grassroots army over the last four years. You know, the power of one can lead to the power of many. You never know what small act that you may say or do a conversation that you may have Dr. Bowden that may literally change the lives of millions tomorrow. And that's just another, you know, reminder on how powerful people can be and what you can accomplish when you do what's right and you stand up for what's right. Um, magic happens. That's for sure. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I keep worrying that it's going to stop, but then I keep, you know, it just keeps growing. So like I said, I, I have three more names to add and day by day, it just gets a little bit bigger. Yeah. And, it, and it's been fun to watch on X and everything else that you've been doing. Have you been getting, I know, you know, the hate on my end has decreased dramatically since I stepped away from politics and stuff, but are you getting a lot of uh, negative negativity and hate and everything else? Not like I used to. I mean, when yeah. I all started, I had some social media influencers really go after me and they had a million followers on YouTube and TikTok and they made horrible videos about me and they were just constantly going after me. Um, but it's, you know, it's calmed down a little bit, which I think speaks volumes. It does because the truth is finally coming out that you were right. I was right. And they just don't hit at you as much. That's for sure. How did your kids do with all of this? I mean, did, were you able to separate or did they, you know, I'm sorry to bring up your family, but when we stood up, you know, my whole family was attacked. You know, when we ran for governor, my whole family was attacked. You know, how did your kids go throughout this process? They doing well? Yeah, I mean, at, when this all hit, they were at a school that was wonderful, that was, you know, they never locked down, they didn't require masks. So thankfully, they were in a school environment that was very supportive. Now, one of my kids tried to, was applying for ninth grade to private schools, and he didn't get in anywhere. And we were told it was because of me speaking out, basically. So that, that, that was the only you know, real hit. Um, but otherwise we were very fortunate that their school environment was supportive. Absolutely. Can I kind of go off topic and ask your opinion on a very hot topic right now? Um, that's gaining a lot of steam on every platform that I see. And I've been posting a lot about is the medical transitioning of children. Okay. And these parents who are obviously supporting this, um, what is your what is your views on that with, you know, doing these puberty blockers and doing these, you know, these medical trans transitions to teenagers and children and everything else? Uh, well, th first of all, this was not a thing when I was in training. I mean, this is a this is a, a social disease. This was not recognized when when I was in medical school or in, in residency. Now, I remember a few adults here and there with we would discuss, you know, surgical transitioning. Like, you know, I remember there was because I'm an ENT, there would be patients that would want their their Adam's apple removed, that kind of thing. I know we didn't do them at our, at our program, but I just remember that being discussed. But for children, wow, no. I mean, that would it, it's just horrifying to me. It is it is. But, you know, COVID is horrifying to me. I, I we're just it, it's very discouraging. Um, now, I will say the back to my kids. I predict there may be a backlash against all of this wokeness. It's infiltrated public health, it's, you know, and because they see it without me really even saying anything because it's it's thrust in, in their face. It, they 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 get tired of it and they reckon and because it's forced upon them i think there's going to be a rebellion that's that's my i hope. i would wholeheartedly agree with that statement 100% having two teenage boys myself and i think that generation is sick and tired of this stuff being force fed down their throat mm -hmm. and they're actually creating more division and more hate you know even when their own community i mean the lgb community I mean, there's there's gays against groomers that is gaining steam on all these platforms that they are just mortified 
with their organization on what it evolved into. And it was never supposed to be like this. And I would agree, like what they're doing and how they're force feeding this down these these kids' throats right now is there there will be some type of rebellion and pushback against this. And it's already happening. There's already walkouts and stuff with allowing, you know, biological boys using girls' restrooms and everything else. I mean, they're just they're really just not allowing common sense to take a foothold here. And they're just allowing the very, very small minority have a very loud voice and it's affecting the group as a whole. Um, thank you for being open to that um, that subject and talking about that because I think people need to hear from the healthcare professionals because one thing that's happened, you know, especially during the pandemic, is people's lost faith in the medical profession. They they really have, which is which is bad. People need to go and get their screenings and checkups, and um, it's just people aren't going now. And unfortunately, where I'm at in Michigan, the the medical profession kicks people out and kicks families out if they don't follow the CDC recommendations for the schedule, which I think is against the Hippocratic Oath. You know, as a doctor, we, our job is to teach. That's what doctor means to provide information, hold our patients accountable, but support their decisions. You know, we don't have to agree with them, but we can support them and kicking them out is just mind boggling to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the most common question I get asked is who do you recommend? Who can I trust? People have lost trust. I mean, I had a patient here come to my clinic yesterday that should have gone to the emergency room, but they're just terrified. People are just terrified of the system. And we got a lot of work to do to restore that trust. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. No, but it's, it's brave people like yourself that are going to do just that, you know, obviously God has a plan for you and you're working that plan and you're taking the action. So again, just to remind everyone that in the description, there is a link for her petition for you to send to your political candidates, to your elected officials and get them to sign this. Every single elected official that understands what the heck's going on should be signing this petition. And it's not that they're against it. They just want the studies done to make sure that it's safe and effective. Right. And and also we have a list of physicians on that website who are like-minded. Um, now I'm doing the website and I haven't had time to put everybody on there, but if you are looking for a like-minded physician, uh, there are names on that website that you can refer to and it's americansforhealthfreedom.org. Now, are you, are, do you have physicians in every state or is there some states that are missing? You know, well, I, I need. I have a lot of catching up to do to add the names. Um, so yeah, right now it's there's not a lot on there. Um, I, I can't remember how many states are represented yet, um, but it's growing. Uh, another good resource for like-minded physicians is FLCCC. Uh, they have physicians listed. Um, and another, if, if a patient, if you are suffering from COVID and you just need. Um, the protocol, there's a great resource called myfreedoctor.com, and they have physicians in all 50 states. It's telemedicine. It's free. They survive on donations, but there's no obligation to pay at all. Um, so that that's a wonderful resource. Thank you for sharing that information. And I, I looked at your, your X profile. You've treated over 6,000 COVID patients. Is that fact? Yes. Yes. And everybody that received early treatment is alive and well. That's a lot of patients. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. Um, where are you, what are you doing right now? Like, are you, are you practicing or? Yeah, I have a, a full-time clinic, um, full-time mom, and then <laughs> fighting the fight. 
So your mouth is literally around an open fire hydrant, right? <laughs> Especially having all that on your plate and trying to manage the website, update it. People don't understand when you have social media platforms, especially when you have followings of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, they get mad at you when you can't reply back and you're not answering messages. You're like, I get thousands a day, man. Like I can't keep up, yeah. but Hey, Dr. Bowden, we appreciate you so much. Um, again, everyone, you can follow her on X. I tagged all of her profiles on the Facebook and everything else, and I'll continue to do that. We'll be cutting up this video over the next two weeks. And so if you're just watching this now, we're going to be cutting up clips of this interview. So there will be opportunities for you to go to her profiles and platforms and follow her and support her. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much, Garrett. Have a great day. You too. Wow. Um, I love, just love bringing folks on here that are putting themselves out there, that have taken the hits, that continue to follow through and do what's right, because those are the true heroes that are actually putting themselves out there that are allowing people this little thing called hope. And I think that's very important is to have hope. And she has a tall, tall order to reestablish faith in the medical profession, because there is a lot of people who have lost faith in that profession. But rest assured, folks, there are people like her and Dr. Molly James and so many others who are standing up, who have been standing up, who got your back, literally. And so I will continue to highlight those folks, bring attention to them, and try to get you to follow them because they need the support and help. And so that's how we get through this. That's how we get through everything that's coming our way. It's an election year. It's insane. I get it. But understand and know that you're a part of something bigger than self. And this organization, this grassroots army will continue to grow, will continue to inspire, and we will continue to motivate people to do what's right and take action at the local level. That's how we take our states back. That's how we take our country back. So hang in there. It's about to get awesome. God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan, of course, and always. God bless these United States. Until next time.